You ready? Sasha asked the zebras. Before they could answer, came a loud Jafaru's fur stood on end and a snarl came on his face as he echoed the roar with his own. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, you'll hear chapters 34 and 35 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud by Jenny L. Cody. And then later on, we'll tell you how you can get your own personal copy of this amazing audiobook. Yeah, seriously. Plus, we'll check in with Jenny herself and this week's Jenny's Corner. But right now, let's get into our story. Here's your hosts, Max and Liz. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. Well, Max, you are in a good mood today. Aye, lass, for today promises to be a real zoo around here. Oh, you got that right, Max, as our story makes its way all around the world, finding all the animals that are following the fire cloud. Aye, remember when we first started following the cloud, Liz? We had no idea all the different animals doing likewise, from places that even I have never heard of. Aye, and she's the smart one here. Uh, They know that, Max. They know that. All right, then. Well, here's something you might not know, Miss Smarty Cat. We have a special guest coming in today. Oh, Trebian. Who is coming in? Oh, you don't know, Miss Brainiac? Well, maybe I'll just keep this one to myself, then. Now, if you'll excuse me. Max, where are you going? We just started. Uh, You start the storytelling, Liz. I'm going out for some ice. Ice? Aye. Uh, Lots and lots of ice. (laughs) Back in a bit. Max! Uh, That doggy has a mind of his own uh, when he chooses to use it. Anyway, while we all wait for Max's big surprise guest, and apparently ice, uh, let's get back into our story, Monsieur Announcer. Chapter 34. Worldwide Animalia. Russians. Tibizurko, Peter? asked Pearl as the two polar bears slowly made their way across the thawing tundra. Pearl noticed beads of sweat all over Peter's face. Of course I'm hot, Pearl. This thick coat of mine wasn't meant for such warm temperatures. It must be 40 degrees here, replied the huge polar bear with his thick Russian accent. With that, Peter collapsed on the ground with a thud rolling on his back in the snow, to expose his belly to the breezy air, exclaiming, Ah, this feels nice, my little jewel. Stop a while and take a rest. Pearl stopped to look at her big lug of a husband, feeling sorry for him. After all, he weighed almost 1,000 pounds more than she, and his four inches of blubber was keeping him hot as they traveled into this warmer zone. Peter liked cold temperatures always happy back home in the blowing Arctic snow. But here in lower Russia, it felt to him like the tropics. Pearl wondered how far south the fire cloud would actually lead them and how hot it would be before they arrived at their unknown destination. She began to worry about Peter. 
She knew he could only go so far south on land. She breathed a silent prayer to the Maker for help. It felt good to stop. The two bears traveled about 20 miles a day, so frequent stops helped to break up the trip. They had been traveling for weeks now, after that incredible day out on the ice floe, when the voice spoke to them on the wind. The bears knew they had to leave and follow the fire cloud. Their hearts gave them no choice but to go. What's the matter with him? said a voice from behind. Pearl looked to see two arctic foxes sitting in the receding snow. Privet, hi, he is very hot and tired. Pearl replied to the male fox, surprised to see how the foxes had just appeared next to them. Tochna, exactly. This is what I tell my wife. I am hot and bothered. Let's stop, I say. What's the rush? said the fox as he too plopped down in the snow next to Peter to cool off. I'd give anything for a good twenty below day. Da, this is what I wish for too. You must be from the north like us. I am Peter, and this is my wife, Pearl, replied Peter with a big smile on his face to share some male bonding with another miserable beast. Privet, I am Yuri, and this is my wife, Dessa. We've been walking for days and days. Since you are out of your usual territory, can I assume you too are following the fire cloud? Da, this is what we are doing. Pearl, did you hear this? We are not the only ones on this long, hot journey, exclaimed Peter, even happier knowing they weren't alone. He had felt like they were crazy for doing this strange thing. Perhaps it wasn't that strange after all. Dessa, I am happy to meet you, Pearl said to the female fox. The fox's sweet white face glowed with joy at meeting another female companion. Dessa weighed only seven pounds. Her short legs and ears gave her a petite presence next to Pearl, who towered over her by about five hundred pounds. It is wonderful to meet you, Pearl. I was just telling Yuri that I hoped there would be other creatures on this journey, and there you were. What do you suppose this is all about? Pearl asked Dessa, lying down on her stomach to be eye-level with the small fox. I'm not sure, but it is a good thing to know that we weren't the only ones called. Dessa replied with a smile. Just then Pearl and Dessa noticed two white birds circling above them against the white sky. Everything was white. Do you ever get tired of all the whiteness, Dessa? For once I would like to see some color, you know? Do you think we will see some colorful land on this journey? Asked Pearl as they watched the birds circle in closer. Well, it would be nice. But at least my coat changes from white to brown this spring. It is nice to have a change, I know, replied Dessa. Peter started making snow angels as he stretched his huge body out on the snow. Ah, isn't snow the greatest thing ever? I can never get enough. But as Peter's arms moved back and forth, he rubbed much of the snow away, revealing brown scrub growth beneath. Suddenly, one of the birds dive-bombed right at Peter's head with a loud, Hoo-ah! 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 Woo! Woo! 
causing Peter to roll over and almost squash Yuri, who jumped up to get out of the way. The bird's large, heavily feathered claws just missed Peter's arm as they grasped at the brown scrub growth before the bird turned back into flight. "'What are you doing?' Peter yelled up to the swift bird that soared back into the sky. After a minute of circling, the birds turned to come in for a landing next to the animals below. Their huge five-foot wingspan displayed white wings dotted with soft brown spots underneath. As they landed, Pearl was struck by their big yellow eyes and black bill. They were two large snowy owls. Now there's some color, whispered Dessa to Pearl. Yeah, boys, do not be afraid. I thought they saw the ground moving and came in for a closer look, said the male snowy owl to the surprised animals. Yeah, boys, why should I be afraid of you? asked Peter of the bird as he stood over him. I thought you would be frightened with how I swooped down on you, explained the owl. I am not called the white terror of the nurse for nothing. But please allow me to introduce myself. I am Ivan, and this is my wife, Natasha. We have been flying with the fire cloud for days and have followed you from above. You, a terror? That's funny. I am the largest beast in Russia, so if anyone is a terror of the North, that would be me. I am Peter, and this is Pearl, Yuri, and Dessa, offered Peter, standing in what he hoped would be an intimidating stance over the snowy owl. But you did not see me coming. I have the best eyes and ears of the great North, protested Ivan. So how is it you thought the ground was moving? asked Yuri in Peter's defense. Ivan opened his mouth to speak, but nothing came out. Pearl stepped in to break up all the male competition in arguing. Enough of this. Let us all discuss how we can work together to follow the fire cloud and not argue about who is greater than the other, Pearl bellowed. Ivan, what can you tell us about the landscape? The fire cloud is heading south, so we have been following it, but are getting very hot. Is there another way to go? Pearl asked, grabbing everyone's attention with her loud voice. Ivan, grateful for Pearl changing the subject, replied, There is a river just up ahead that flows south. Da, the Volga River. It flows south through Russia to the Caspian Sea. We could get in the river and swim it, no? Eagerly replied Peter. I love to swim, and it would be much cooler than walking on this hot land. Da, Peter is right. I say we do as he says, agreed Yuri. Of course, Dessa and I would need to ride on your backs. Is this okay? It's a splendid idea. I say we go now, answered Pearl, Dessa smiling in agreement. Let's go. We will fly above and lead the way, exclaimed Ivan as he and Natasha took off in flight. Peter stood there looking at the snowy owls flying south toward the Volga River, grunting that he had to walk. They soon reached the river, and the bears climbed into the water with the foxes on their backs. Peter was grateful for the cold water. He hated to admit it, but he was glad that Ivan had come along to lead them to the river. 
Pearl, too, was grateful and offered a silent thank you to the maker. Peter and Pearl sometimes swam 50 miles from shore off the northern coast of Russia, so swimming this river was nothing to them. But what could it mean? What could be so important as to call these creatures to leave their cold habitats and venture into the warm unknown? Whatever it was, Pearl hoped this river would lead them to a worthy answer, and soon. Hey gang, Denny here, our monsieur announcer, guy, lad, whatever. Uh, thanks so much for continuing on this amazing journey with us. And I just have a quick reminder that if you'd like your very own copy of this audiobook, or perhaps would love to make it a gift for a friend, well, here's how you can do that. Just log on to audible.com, and then in the search bar, type in The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, and you can download a copy today. And again, we thank you. Well, it looks like Max just got back with a whole bunch of ice, uh, so let's head back into the studio. Uh, guys? Liz, I'm back! Uh, we'll just uh, bring this tub full of ice over here. Uh, what in the world, Max? Why all this ice? Uh, you're about to find out. Look who's here! Privyet, Liz. Hello, little kitty. Oh, Peter the Polar Bear! Bonjour, mon ami! Oh, this is a surprise! Duh, it is good to see you. Uh, it is woman here, or is just me? That's probably just you, Peter. I've got the AC set on about 68 degrees, then. You could perhaps make it more like uh, 30 degrees? I don't think it goes that low, Peter. Well, that's why I got you all the ice, then. See? Now, stick your giant bare feet in this tub, then. Get it? Bare feet? <laughs> ah! Oh, da! That is so much better. <sighs> uh, so, monsieur, what brings you to town? We're just passing through. We went south for the summer. Even Siberia gets warm during long days. It got warm up north, so you went south. <laughs> uh, listen, most of your snowbirds go north in the summer, then. Snowbird? I weigh almost 2,000 pounds. I look like bird to you? You think I can fly? It's just a nickname, Peter. Uh, but still, how far south did you go? We vacation in little spot on Cape Horn. Oh, so really far south, huh? That is almost to Antarctica. So it must be a bit colder there. We, oh, oui, Max, that is just the southern tip of Chile. That's what I mean. It's a wee bit Chile there. No, Max, is Chile. What did I say then? How chilly is Chile? Well, it gets pretty warm, sometimes as much as 40 degrees. Ooh, that warm, you don't say. But with cold winds coming from ocean, it feels much colder, so da is very good. Aye, the chilly winds of Chile. That's Chile. It sure is, Liz. Uh, so, can you stay with us a bit, Peter? Yet, I'm afraid not. We must get back on journey. I need to go get Pearl and head north. Oh, where is Pearl? She is picking up snacks for trip. Hmm, sounds good. Uh, what kind of snacks, then? Oh, four, maybe five hundred pounds fish. Just little something-something to tie us over. Ah, well, I'll, I'll pass, then. 
Well, Peter, it is so good to see you. Uh, give our love to Pearl and uh, bon voyage. Oh, spasibo. Thank you very much. So, we'll listen to next chapter as we leave. Uh, where will it take us? To the land with the most exotic animals of all, Africa. <sighs> we just listen then. Africa is very too hot for polar bear. Chapter 35, Worldwide Animalia, Africans. The early morning sun was already so hot over the savanna that the horizon appeared to be melting as waves of heat rippled the landscape. The fire cloud was up and moving to the north, and the animals, insects, and birds of the African plain were all coming to life. Bugs were swarming over the low grasses, irritating Iggy, the zebra, as he tried to eat his breakfast. Of all the stripes I could have had, why'd I have to get ones making a big arrow pointing to my backside? I can't glaze without these bugs bothering me. I'm going to go crazy if they don't stop, said Iggy, swishing his tail to ward off the pesky bugs. Come on now, Iggy. Going wacko won't help a thing. Okay, bugs. Break it up. Break it up, said Iggy's wife Zula as she brushed her nose over Iggy's back, trying to get the bugs off her husband. Just try to ignore them and glaze this new glass we found. We'll be chucking out of here soon anyway, when everyone wakes up. So maybe the bugs will stay here. Hmm, they better stay here, mumbled Iggy, spitting grass out of his mouth as he spoke. Zula looked over at the grove of mimosa trees nearby to see their giraffe friends also eating breakfast. She couldn't help but chuckle as she saw Upendo pulling the leaves off the tree with his powerful tongue. He was never happier than when eating, because his mind was temporarily distracted from his problem. It was a very big problem, and led to other problems with his nerves, such as high blood pressure. If ever there was an aptly named animal, it was Upendo. More than anything, he wished he could be upended and live low to the ground. Poor giraffe. He was afraid of heights. Upendo's long neck stretched high in the air, the sun glistening on his beautiful brown patchwork coat. He was enjoying the tasty leaves. He closed his eyes with delight, grunting with satisfaction as to how fresh they were. You gotta try these top branches, Chipo. Best mimosa I ever tasted. Is it dirt glit? But you are able to stretch your neck to reach those taller branches better than me. Chipo replied while bending over to eat from a lower tree nearby. She was considerably shorter than Upendo, who loomed over her at 18 feet. No, I'll get some for you. Come on over here and I'll pull off the leaves, said Upendo. He may have had a height problem, but he was one of the most thoughtful animals anywhere. He was always thinking of others and meeting their needs, despite his own problems. Perhaps it helped him focus on others rather than himself. Upendo stretched his neck even higher and tore off a huge cluster of leaves. As he pulled the small branch away, there in front of him was a huge pair of eyes and below them a giant mouth of teeth opening wide and grunting. Ah! Chipo! Help! cried Upendo, dropping the leaves. Chipo ran to his side to see what had startled the giraffe. 
She looked up and then saw a tawny tail swishing from side to side. She chuckled and said, <laughs> Come down, Opendo. It's only Jafaru. He's been sleeping up in this tree. You just happened to get eye to eye with him as he yawned. Jafaru poked his huge head out between the branches and greeted the giraffes. How's it? Good morning, hey? Didn't mean to give you a fright there, Upendo. Upendo's heart was racing a mile a minute, but he was relieved to see it was just Jafaru. Still, it would take him some time to settle down. Upendo, look at me. Keep your eyes light here. Don't look down. Don't look down. Deep breaths. Deep breaths said Chipo, coaxing the rattled giraffe with her gentle voice. Jafaru climbed from branch to branch until he hit the ground, dust flying up around him as his 400 pounds of muscle hit the earth with a thud. He lowered his brown front legs into a long stretch, yawning once more and showing his sharp two-inch canines. A beautiful female lion came walking up to him, rubbing her head firmly against his dark mane. Good morning, love. Good morning, Sasha. What had you up so early today? Asked Jafaru, lovingly nudging his wife back. Oh, I thought I'd check the area ahead to see how things look for our travel today. The fire cloud has turned to the northeast a bit. We should leave just now. Oh, good morning, Opendo and Chipo. How are you today? Asked Sasha, as she noticed the unnerved giraffe. Never better, Sasha, Upendo replied with a weak smile, trying to act like all was well. He didn't want to make Jafaru feel bad again. You did it again, didn't you? Sasha asked Jafaru. The male lion looked down at the ground, avoiding Sasha's wrinkled brow. This was not the first time the lion had startled the giraffe. I just like sleeping as high in the trees as I can get. I don't mean to give him a flight. He's just always up and eating before I get down, answered Jafaru. Shame that it happened again. I wouldn't blame those giraffes if they stopped traveling with us. Tonight we'll find a nice high luck for you to crash on, so Upendo can have a peaceful morning tomorrow, said Sasha before turning to Upendo. Sorry, friend. We'll do better tomorrow. With that, the lions walked over to the zebras, while Chipo worked to calm her mate. It's a hot morning, hey? asked Jafaru, slapping Iggy on his backside as he saw a big fly land there. Ouch! Okay, you don't know your own strength, but thanks for swatting that fly away, said Iggy, smarting from the lion's huge paw slap. I couldn't help but notice you startled a pendo again. Zula said with a smile to the muscular lion. Yeah, Sasha's going to find me a good rock to clash on tonight, so I don't do that again, replied Jafaro as he licked his paw to remove the squashed fly. I've been out checking ahead this morning. The fire cloud is headed northeast. We should get going. You ready? Sasha asked the zebras. Before they could answer came a loud... from another lion a couple of miles away. 
Jafaru's fur stood on end and a snarl came on his face as he echoed the roar with his own, making the other animals cringe. Jafaru was a supreme protector, even though he sometimes irritated the others. He never let other lions get near his friends or his territory. He took off running to deal with this intruder. Sasha, Iggy, and Zula followed along behind, not able to keep up with the fast beast. <coughs> Bellowed the unwelcome lion again, causing Jafaro to pick up his speed for another mile. Up ahead was a clearing in the brush, so Jafaru slowed down and crouched behind the tall grass to assess his opponent. His shoulders moved from side to side, ready to pounce. There in the clearing, he observed a pair of large white rhinos. They were so wide that he couldn't see around them. The lion must be on the other side, in front of them. But these rhinos were standing their ground. Funny, they didn't seem to be disturbed at all. In fact, Jafaru shook his head to clear his ears. Were the rhinos laughing? <laughs> Do it again, Jafaro heard the female rhino say. With that, the lion let forth another <coughs> and set the rhinos off laughing. Had they gone mad, wondered Jafaru. He kept trying to get a view around the gray-brown thick legs of the rhinos, but it was no use. Finally, he decided to jump out and take the other lion by surprise. He poised his body for strike mode power surging into his back legs as he pounced from behind the tall grass out beside the rhinos. Who dares come in my territory? roared Jafaru as he landed with a thud. The two rhinos just sat there looking at him, startled but calm, and in front of them stood an ostrich. They all looked at Jafaru, speechless and taken aback by his sudden entrance. Where is the lion? Did he run in fear of me? asked Jafaru, assuming he had scared his rival off. The rhinos looked at each other, then at the ostrich, before they all burst out into a fit of laughter. What's so funny, hey? asked Jafaru, not getting what was happening. The animals couldn't catch their breath. They were laughing so hard. Tears rolled down the male rhino's face as he fell on his back. <laughs> Shame, that's funny, <laughs> said Tumo, the male rhino. This lion has been tuned by an ostrich. <laughs> what do you mean? demanded Jafaru. <laughs> do it again, Kirabo. Show him, said the female rhino, Kamili to the ostrich. With that, the ostrich closed his eyes and let forth a mighty <coughs> Jafaru's jaw hung open a moment before sitting down to scratch his head. You mean to tell me some ostrich has been luring? I thought it was another lion. A female ostrich came and joined the others. My husband is the best lion impersonator in the savannah. Glad my performance was so believable to you, said Kirabo, bowing gracefully as the others cheered on his performance. How in the world can an ostrich voir like a lion? asked Jafaru, stumped but quite impressed with this large bird. 
It's just another funny skill the maker gave me, okay? I'm the biggest bird on the planet, but I cannot fly. I can outrun an antelope any day and roar like a lion, but I cannot fly, said Kirabo. He stood eight feet tall, twice as tall as Jafaru. Well, I'll be. Things aren't always what they seem. I never would have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. Sasha won't either, replied Jafaru, shaking his head. Who's Sasha? asked Camille, the female rhino. She's my wife. We are from the southern plains, headed north with a pair of zebras and giraffes, answered Jafaru. Don't tell me you are following the fire cloud, asked Tumo, looking down his four-foot-long horn at the lion. We are headed that we ourselves. Is it? Well, Sasha will be glad to hear it. She's been questioning every creature we see about it. And so far, you are the only ones we've met who also got the word to follow it, said Jafaru with a smile. Sasha called from behind the tall grass. Is it safe to come over there, Lob? Yeah, come on over. You are not going to believe this, answered Jafaru. Jafaru introduced the newfound friends to Sasha and the zebras, and they were thrilled to meet up with other animals on this firecloud safari through Africa. The giraffes slowly caught up with the others. Chipo continued to encourage Upendo not to look down, but keep his gaze on the horizon. With that, they were off, heading northeast toward the fire cloud. Jafaru told Kirabo that as the real lion, he would be doing all the roaring from now on. After all, there was only room for one king of the beasts. Well, now that was an interesting bunch, to say the least. Indeed. I wonder how much is true about them. Well, now, Miss Jenny wouldn't be telling fibs, then. Oui, but she does make things up. Hmm, good point. Well then, let's head on over to Jenny's corner and find out then. Uh, Miss Jenny? Hey, Max and Liz. What are you two curious about today? We are curious about some of the things that you have the African animals doing. Uh, Did you use real information, or did you make them up? When I was researching the animals to put on Noah's Ark, that's exactly what I did. I, I looked at things that real animals do. Okay then. What about, like, them ostriches, then? Male ostrich really can roar like a lion. And so I'm like, okay, I can do something fun with that. And then I do the unexpected, which is part of the humor. Okay, then uh, what is something that you just uh, made up, then? You have a giraffe, Upendo, who's afraid of heights. And so that's a lot of fun to find the little quirky things about the animals and weave them into the story. So the giraffe part you made up? (laughs) So some is real, and some of it's made up then? (laughs) Oh, you are a tricky one, madame. So, anything else you would like to share? Don't forget, we want to hear your questions and even read your letters, so don't be shy. Send me a note, jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Thanks so much for stopping by Jenny's Corner. Now let's find out what we'll hear next time around. Well, Jenny, next time our band of animals that are being led by Max and Liz are getting close to their destination, and they talk turkey with some turkeys in Turkey. 
Hmm, I, I wonder what issues they'll be addressing. Get it? Turkey addressing. Okay. Uh, well, just join us next time and we'll gobble it up together. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I promise. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us.